The snow had started falling long before the first car departed. It fell in long, slanting lines, faint at first, then thickening. It gathered in corners and against the sides of buildings, funneling between the broken brick and tile and rusted car parts that littered the backyards and poultry gardens, covering everything. The sky a low, leaden grey, unrelenting. By the time the cortege pulled away from the small terrace of houses, there was little to see in any direction, flakes adhering fast to the windows, all sound muffled, the dull glow of headlights fading into the surrounding whiteness. Resnick was in the third car, sharing the rear seat with a solemn man in a threadbare suit he took to be one of Peter Waite's former colleagues from down the pit. In front of them, sat an elderly, pinch-faced woman he thought must be a relation, an aunt, perhaps, or cousin, not the one surviving sister who was riding in the first car with Waite's son, Jack. Jack, home for the funeral from Australia with his teenage sons, his wife not having taken to her new father-in-law the one time they'd met, and grateful for the ten thousand or so miles that kept them apart. That last, a confidence Jack Waite's had imparted the night before, when he and Resnick had met for a pint to chew over old times, Jack, once a young PC, stationed at Canning Circus, under Resnick's command. "'He was never the easiest blag to get on with,' Jack said. "'Best of times, my old man.' Resnick nodded. "'Maybe not.' They were drinking at the Black Bull in Bolsover, the local pub in Bledwell Vale long boarded up, the village itself, now mostly derelict, deserted." only a few isolated buildings, and the terrace of former coalboard houses, in which Peter Waits had spent most of his adult life still standing. "'You should have lived with him,' Jack Waits said. "'Then you'd know. You didn't come out of it so bad. Now thanks to him. That's harsh, lad. Now, especially.' Jack Waits shook his head. "'No sense burying truth. It was my old lady pushed me on.' got me to raise my sights. God rest his soul. He'd have dragged me down the pit the minute I got out of school else. And then where'd I be? Out of work and drawing dull like every other poor bastard in these parts. That or working in a call centre on some jerry-built industrial estate in the middle of bloody nowhere. Less than twenty-four hours back, and you could hear the local accent resurfacing like rusted slippage in his voice. No sense arguing, Resnick raised his glass and drank. There was truth, some, in what Jack Waits was saying. His father, obdurate and unyielding as the coalface at which he'd laboured the best part of thirty years, until, after strike action that had staggered proudly on for twelve months and come close to tearing the country apart, the pit had finally been closed down. Resnick had first met Peter Waits in the early days of the strike, and somehow, despite their differences, they'd gone on to become friends. Waits, one of the strongest voices raised in favour of staying out, one of the loudest at the picket line, anger and venom directed towards those who would have gone back to work. Scab, scab, scab! Out, out, out! Recently made up to Inspector, Resnick had been running an intelligence-gathering team, its function to obtain information about the principal movers and shakers in the strike assess the volume of local support, keep tabs as far as possible on any serious escalation. Right from the earliest days, the first walkouts, 
The Nottinghamshire pits had been the least militant, the most likely to drag their feet, and Peter Waits and a few others had shouted all the louder in an attempt to bring them into line. Around them, tempers flared, fists were raised, windows broken, things were thrown. Resnick thought it was time he had a word. Bloody hell! Waits had exclaimed when Resnick, battered trilby, raincoat belted tight, wet enough outside to launch the ark, had walked into his local and sought him out. Taking a bit of a risk, aren't you? No, I am, then. Not the only one with eyes in her backside. Good to hear it. Resnick stuck out his hand. The men, five or six, who'd been standing with weights by the bar, watched to see what he would do, only relaxing when he met that hand with his own. My shout, then, Resnick said.